very popular subject about walking in love. <laughs> we all love to do that, don't we? <laughs> I'm just going to show you how important it is, okay? So I'm not going to step on any toes, I don't think. But um, so we're just going to just going to look at it. Look at look at what God says about it in John 14, 21 through 23. This is how many of you how many of you want to be used by God? How many of you want to see God move in and through your life this year more than ever before? Right. So this is the answer. This is the key to God using you to a greater degree than ever before. This message right here. Okay. He that has my commands and keeps them, it is he that loves me. And he that loves me, now we're not just walking in love towards others, we're also walking in love towards God when we walk in love towards others, okay? He that loves me, he um, shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And we will or I will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We'll live with him. And we could even go as far as to say we'll live in him. In him we will live and move and have our being. Amen? And so who does God abide in? The one who loves him. The one who does what he commands how are we to shine our light to the world? By allowing him to live in and through us, right? And so we need to allow him to love through us. Hallelujah. And so the Lord is just saying here, he's like, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands, and then therefore you're going to be loved by my Father, we're going to make our abode with you, then our love is going to shine through you. Amen. And so it's just this, this awesome cycle of love that God wants to do through us to reveal himself to the world. God wants to use us. We are the body of Christ. We are vessels in the name of Jesus fit for his use. Amen. And so how can we be used by God to a greater degree? It has to be by love. Jesus walked this earth and he didn't do anything or say anything that was outside of love. Everything that he did was done because the father loved somebody. He was moved with compassion and healed them all. What is that? That's love. Now sin oftentimes is a result of some sort of door open to the enemy. But yet, that didn't hinder the Lord from loving them so much and healing them all. He didn't even go one by one and say, what sin did you commit? Okay, not you, but not the next, next. He didn't do that. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. That's love. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Well, God is teaching us we should be Christians, Christ-like. We should be like Jesus and walk this earth and walk in love, not just towards those who love us and treat us good, but love those who, he says, to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And that's not an easy task. 
He wants us to love on somebody who hurts us. That's your enemy is someone who hurts you, someone who talks against you, backbites you, stabs you in the back. That's your enemy. And he wants you to love your enemy. And he wants you to pray for those who despitefully use you and hurt you and do you wrong. What are you supposed to pray? Lord, get them. No. I'm guilty, okay, I'm guilty. It wasn't anybody in this room. No, kidding. <laughs> get them. No. But seriously. <laughs> he wants us to ask him to, to intervene in their lives, to, to make a change in their lives, to soften their heart so that he can get a hold of them. What is that prayer motivated by? It's motivated by the love of God. Why? Because we understand that God's love covers a multitude of sins. And if that's the case, and we have now the love of Jesus shed abroad in our hearts, we should be able to love somebody like he loved them. Amen? So we're talking about walking in love, but there's such a great result if we walk in love because really Jesus said, I will come reveal myself to you and me and my father will come and make our abode with you if you'll do our commands. Well, we're not in the Old Testament trying to fulfill every single one of the, the, the Ten Commandments anymore. We are now in the New Testament and there is a new commandment and that is walk in love. And by that, he says, we fulfill all the other Ten Commandments. We're not in the old law, the Old Testament. We're in the new. And he's like, I'm going to make it a lot more simple for you. If you would do this one thing, you'll actually be fulfilling all the others. I'll show you in the word in a minute. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, right? But then in John 13, 34, he says, A new commandment I give to you today, that you love one another as I have loved you. You're going to be taking care of these other ones that we just named. If you'll love one another as I have loved you, you're keeping his command, you're in, as a result, you're showing him you love him by keeping this command, by walking in love towards others. You're not doing it necessarily even out of love towards that person and the fact that they deserve it. You're doing it out of the Father's love that you have for him and that he has for them. Isn't that good? So this is the command that Jesus gave us that we would love one another as he has loved us. How did he love us? Now think about that. How did God love me? Romans 5.8. But God showed his great love for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us while we were so good and we kept every command and we were doing everything perfect? No. God loved us so much 
He sent his son to die for us while we were sinners, while we were lost, while we were without hope, while we were rejecting him. Jesus came and he died for us. That is love. And then we see in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than a man who would lay his life down for his friends. And here, this is demonstrating a love for us who were at the time his enemies. That is some great big love. Okay? And so he says, so he's showing us his love right here. And then he says, you love me. If you love others as I have loved you. So he wants us to lay our lives down for people. Not even just good people. People who don't deserve it. He wants us to love them. He wants us to accept them. He wants us to pray for those who persecute us. He wants us to, to love and, and bless those who have hurt us, who are our enemies, who have done us wrong. Yes. He has, he has an aim behind this. Because by doing things this way, you're not going to reap a negative result because he loves you. You know? We know if one person's all angry and another person steps in and puts his fists up and he's all angry, there's bound to be a fight and someone's going to get hurt. The God doesn't want that. Instead, let the person be angry and you walk in love. And you, you, you not instigate, but, but you, you compliment or you buy the cup of coffee or you... Do something that the Lord is showing you to do to respond in a way that kind of baffles their mind. It will shut them up. And God says it will pour heaping hot coals upon their head. In other words, he'll deal with them and you don't have to. There's something with it. There's something supernatural with it. That when we respond the way God wants us to respond to a situation out of love, the love of God, not natural human love, Because natural human response would be, they'll get what they deserve. <laughs> you know? But God's love wants to forgive them, heal them, deliver them from whatever's causing them to act out this way. What would you want to be done unto you? That's what he wants you to do unto others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's love. So I'm going throughout my day. <laughs> Somebody cuts me off. Do I chase them down? Do I flip them off? No. Do I let naughty words come out of my mouth? The thought might be there for one second, and then it goes... I resist. I pray for them. Lord, protect them because clearly they're on the wrong path. <laughs> what would you have others do unto you? What would you have others say unto you? We need to think about it. It really truly is what would Jesus do, but, but for, for this reason. Because we're to love others even as he has loved us. And by this, they will know you are my disciples. Why? Because you're walking in 
love. By this, they will know that Christ is in you. Why? Because when Christ walked this earth, he walked in love. So we really shouldn't be any different. It shouldn't be like, I'm going to be Jenny today and live in my flesh, and I'm going to be, um, you know, God the other day and let him live through me and only give him like the odd days. <laughs> it should be every day that we're yielded to love others as he has loved us. Wouldn't, don't we want God to love us every day? Well, he wants to love others every day through you. Amen. He gave his life and his love for us when we were unlovely. Who here has been unlovely from time to time? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. His mercy and his love covers a multitude of sins. His mercy is new every morning. Hallelujah. So he's loved us through those times, and we didn't deserve it. And so we should love others even when they don't deserve it. It does something. It it. it I don't know. It opens them up to hear the gospel from you. It opens them up to hear what you have to say to respect you. We've all done it the other way and saw the response. Acted with an attitude in response to their attitude. And it shuts the door, doesn't it? It cuts off the relationship. Some people haven't spoken to people in years because of how they've responded Outside of love. But when you respond in love, even if the other person's being unlovely or ugly, then God has something to work with. Then God has an avenue in which he can reach them. And he can pour those hot coals. If he needs to judge them, let him judge them. But it's not your job to judge. It's not your job to point out what they're doing wrong unless God were to show you to do it in love. The aim has to be always love, that you want them to head towards God. If it's to point out their faults and their failures and knock them when they're down, then that's not love. But if it's to wake them up and say, hey, if you don't stop this road, you're headed the wrong direction. And that's love. So God wants us to love others even when they're unlovely, even when they don't deserve it. Why? Because we needed his love when we didn't deserve it. So think about it. He says, love others as I have loved you. This is walking in love. Do we love others when they don't deserve it? Do we show them respect when they're so-called unrespectable? Why do I ask that? Because would God treat us rudely just because we're rough around the edges? No. Would God, you know, we're, we're kind of grimy, kind of dirty, haven't showered in a number of weeks? It'll never happen. But <laughs> would he treat us rudely because we're kind of disheveled and unlovely? Absolutely not. And so just because somebody doesn't look put together, should they receive less respect or less love or recognition just because 
They're not up to your status quo. Now, it should be as if you're Jesus walking this earth. Seeing them through the eyes of love. Because he looked at us with respect. He looked at us with love when we didn't look lovely. He wants us to love others as he has loved the church. How did he do that? He laid down his life for us when we didn't deserve it. So we should lay down our lives in, 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 in the sense, he's not even asking us to like throw ourselves in front of a car or, or, or anything like that. He's asking us to do something that we in our flesh don't necessarily desire to do. That's laying your life down, laying your wants down, laying your uh, normal response down to do his response laying down your life so that his life can live through you. Sure, we can all love the lovely. Sure, I mean, it's really easy to bless somebody who's blessed you. But can we bless someone who's hurt us? Can we pray for someone who's used us or abused us. Now, I'm not saying let yourself be abused, but we can pray that God would intervene in their lives and that they would be saved, delivered, set free. Amen? I know that can be difficult to love someone who's unlovely, who doesn't treat you right. But there's something to it. God says Love is like pouring hot coals upon somebody's head. It gives God an avenue to work things, to impart, get a hold of them. I don't know, some way, somehow, it's just what he asks us to do. Look at this, Romans 12, 19 and 20. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that righteous anger to God. Isn't that good? In other words, dear friends, never retaliate. Now, if spouses could only get a hold of this, there would be a whole lot less arguing in the home. It took me a while. I think I got most of it. <laughs> God told me a long time ago to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean I didn't have something to say <laughs> doesn't mean I wasn't right but God is the one who changes people God is the Holy Spirit all we're going to do is allow strife and bitterness and revenge and all that stuff to get in but when you shut your mouth, you actually shut the door on the enemy from infiltrating. Amen. Yes. 
By walking in love, in fact, you open the floodgates of heaven and let him intervene in the situation. You can get a hold of someone who's a, a friend, a family member who's been long lost if you start walking in love towards them, start praying for them. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that righteous anger to God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. He wants to get a hold of them more than you do. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap hot burning coals of shame upon their heads. Now, you don't have to see that. You're doing it out of love, not out of revenge. I'm going to get them because God's going to get them. Still not love. <laughs> You're going to bless them and commit them into God's hands. You're going to pray for them that God intervene in their lives. And let God do God's job. Amen. I love this here. I was reading a devotional not too long ago, and Brother Hagen said this, walking in love sums up the whole, the whole business because God's word says, love is the fulfilling of the law. Romans 13.10 says, if you keep Jesus' commandments, you will have fulfilled the rest of the commandments. I kind of said something like that a minute ago. Let me say it this way, Romans 13.10, love does no wrong to a neighbor. It never hurts anyone. Therefore, Unselfish love is the fulfillment of the law. Your motivation is to be obedient to God. Your motivation is, I love God, so I want to do what he says to do. I want to respond the way he's saying to respond. So when God told me that, I was like, but God. But I want to be obedient to you. And you must have a motivation behind this. So I'm going to shut my mouth so that you can work. Amen? If you walk in love, you're actually walking in the realm of God. Because God is love. Isn't that good? If you walk in love, uh, there's a number of things the enemy tries to attack us with. Um, a bad day falling on your foot. Hitting a deer that you didn't hit. You didn't hit that deer, but the deer hit you. Somebody in front of him hit a deer. It split in half, flew in front of his car, and he ran over it. That can cause you to have a crabby night. <laughs> um, somebody treats you wrong at work, customer, coworker, whatever. There's a number of things that the enemy can use to rub you the wrong way to get you to lash out on someone who's undeserving, you know, outside of love. Now that other person could be, you could be the other person. How are you going to respond? We have a choice. Are we going to walk in love? Are we going to respond out of love? Are we going to pray for that person because they've said words they shouldn't have said? Are we going to, you know, what are we going to do? We need to make the decision ahead of time that we let love be the aim. That we're going to walk in God's realm. Amen? It's not our job to worry about 
how people are going to learn. How will they learn their lesson? How will they finally turn around? That's really not our job. Our job is to pray for those who persecute us, to love our enemies. Amen. And, and show the, let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts towards them. His job is to judge if they need to be judged, to correct those in love who need to be corrected. Let God be God. We could never change anybody. He's the only one who can turn things around. So why not just be in peace and live in joy and peace in the Holy Ghost yourself and walk in love and, and know that God's got it? Otherwise, people walk around with chips on their shoulder all the time. I'm not talking about Pringles. I'm talking about walking around with anger, resentment, bitterness, all these chips. <laughs> and, and they're irritated and agitated about so many things simply because they're deciding to respond outside of love. And I'm talking about believers. But if we would just choose to let things roll off our back, not letting, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about letting people push you over and treat you bad and all this stuff, you know, but, but the main goal is to respond out of love. And if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Just take a walk. <laughs> don't let it be outside of love because you want to stay in God's realm where he can use you. where he can use you and shine through you. And, and there must be more to it, too, that he could actually use you to be a minister unto that person as long as you stay in love with them. Because they can come back to you if they need you rather than the door having been shut. Matthew 7, 1 through 3, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Don't point the finger at somebody else for their problems. Why worry about a speck in your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own? <laughs> it's the word. Let me just say this. You can love. I know people have hurt you. I know people have done you wrong. I know people treat people badly. Even strangers treat other strangers badly. But I also see strangers treating other strangers with kindness. And they don't even know them, and they're treating them so kind. Um, people are, are, this time of year, people are just being such a huge blessing to people they don't even know. But this should be all year long with believers. Because we've got the love of God injected into us by the Holy Spirit. He, love himself, lives in you and wants to touch lives. And he can't if you're not going to walk in love towards others. Or do his command, which is the one and greatest commandment. <laughs> Love others as I have loved you. By this, you've done all the commandments.
Love others as I have loved you. By this, you have fulfilled all the commandments. It's a pretty powerful statement Jesus made. So if you ever think that you can't love because someone's hurt you, you can. Because God loved us even though we didn't deserve it. And he, with his love, is on the inside of us. So stop trying to do it in your own effort and just do it because you know he's in you. Romans 5.5 5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. God is in us. So let him be shed abroad in your heart. I pray with my kids almost every day. I don't know if Ethan was in on this confession, but every day on the way to school, part of our confession is, Lord, let the love of God be shed abroad in and through me and my family's hearts. What am I saying? What am I teaching them to say? Lord, may you be in control. Help me to respond to every situation that comes to me in a way that you would respond so that your love, your power can shine through me. We want Christ to shine through us. What is, so then what is he really saying when he says, let your light shine before men so that they may know my Father in heaven? What is he saying? He's saying, let my love take preeminence over any other kind of response that you would normally respond with. Let my love be the response. In that way, you will be showing them my Father in heaven. Isn't that good? Walking in love because he first loved us. Jesus set the bar, so we need to study Jesus. That's why we come to church. That's why we read the word. To see how did Jesus live his life. How did he show love to the tax collector? How did he show love to the beggar? How did he show love to the unlovely? How did he show love to the prostitute, the ones that everyone else was judging and trying to condemn and stone to death? He lifted them up out of the miry clay, set them on their feet, forgave them of their sin, and sent them on their way and said, go and sin no more. Forgave them. What does love do? It forgives. It covers the multitude of sins. How many times should I forgive? Seven? No. Seventy times seven. A day. That's what love would do. That's what Jesus said we should do. So someone can be rude to you 490 times a day, but God still says, forgive them. Love them. Why? Because he somehow can then get a hold of them. And that is the whole aim, is that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. And clearly they're lost if they're walking around with that big of a chip on their shoulder. Let's start seeing people through the eyes of love. That someone who's so angry, who's so mean, who's such a Grinch, clearly must need Jesus. And maybe some believers are like that, and they really need Jesus' love. 
Stop pointing that out and just start asking the Lord, how can I let your love be shed abroad? How can I show them love? How can I walk in love? I'm talking about more than just feeding the homeless. That is, that is loving the unlovely, yes. But I'm talking about getting down to your own home, your own coworkers, your own spouse. How are you treating one another? Is it in love? Even when the one is ugly. Not talking about how they look in the morning, because we all don't look beautiful in the morning. I'm talking about when someone's rubbed the wrong way and they're angry because they've had a bad day or whatever. How are you going to respond? If you can't respond nice, then go in the prayer closet and pray. Because that's what God said to do. This is good. So, Jesus set the bar. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. This, is, this is, shows that we know God. Whoever does not love, this is scary right here. Whoever does not love does not know God. For God is love. So if you're somebody who, who testifies to be a Christian and testifies that Jesus Christ is your Lord, then how they're going to know that Jesus is your Lord is that you let love reign in and through you. And if you don't, it says... You don't know God because God is love. We got some work to do. We need to welcome the Holy Spirit to, Lord, let the love of God be shed abroad in my heart so that I can testify that I know you. Because if I know you, then love is what I respond with. Let, that means you have to give it permission. Let it. You got to get out of the way. Don't let your response be the one. Let love go first. You got to get out of the way. Let us love one another. Let's read the love chapter here. 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak, now we all hunger and thirst after the things of God. We teach about the gifts of the Spirit here, and uh, we should hunger and thirst after them. He said to desire spiritual gifts, but not above love. None of them will work the way God wants them to work. They won't accomplish what God wants them to accomplish if it's outside of love being the aim. If it's to puff you up, promote you, then it hasn't done the job that God wanted it to do. The aim of Jesus' ministry to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, the whole aim was the love of God to be shown to the world so they would know his Father in heaven. It was all motivated by love. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong 
or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I didn't understand all, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such a faith that I could move mountains, that sounds like a pretty powerful person, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body and I could boast about it, but I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. You know, there are some, some popular um, Hollywood stars that are very giving. But if they don't, if they're doing it out of pride and not out of love, it's nothing. It's wood, hay, and stubble to God. If it's just to promote their brand or, or you know, then, then it's not love being the motivated force. And then God says, this is how you love. This is what love is. Love is patient. It's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. So this is how you gauge if you're walking in love. It's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no records of wrongs. That's a hard one. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices when the truth wins out. This is good too, right here. Love never gives up. Thank you, Jesus, that he didn't give up on us. Love ne never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Think about it. God did all of that for us, and he wants us to love others as he loved us. Prophecy and speaking an unknown language, special knowledge, it will all become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. In other words, prophecy is going to pass away. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see imperfectly like a puzzling reflection in a mirror. But when we see everything with perfect clarity, all that I know now is partial and incomplete. But, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And what does God say? But the greatest of these is love. Why? Because that's why he sent his only son to come as a baby, to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, to, to live and to die and to be raised again. The whole motivation behind it was love for all of us, for all the world, so that they could know the Father in heaven. Jesus came here to be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters who would show the way to the Father in heaven. Through what? By walking in love. So we have a job to do. It doesn't seem like a big deal to love one person at a time, but if we would just do that, we could see God change lives. So just ask the Holy Spirit, how can I show 
How, I give you permission, Holy Spirit. Let your love be shed abroad in my heart today. Show me how I can walk in love towards others. Show me how to pray for those who have hurt me or done me wrong. Show me how to bless my enemies or pray for those who persecute me. Love is the greatest. How powerful is love? Look at it. Love covers, blots out a multitude of sins through the blood of Jesus, our blood, our, his blood shed, and washed away our sins. That's love. Love heals. I've seen marriages healed and restored. Not because of human love, because the love of God heals, binds up the brokenhearted, sets the captives free. Love forgives. Because love can forgive 490 times a day. It, pretty much he was saying it's, it's limitless. Like how many times, Lord, will you forgive me? 490 times a day. Well, I, I'm not going to sin 490 times a day. Well, that's the point. Is no matter how much, if you will come to him and ask him for forgiveness, he'll forgive you. That's how much he loves you. And that's how much he wants us to love others. Love keeps no record of wrongs. He even said, even greater than all the gifts of the Spirit, tongues, tongues of interpretation, prophecy, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, all diversities of these gifts. If you don't have love as the motivating force, it's all nothing. Because all of that is to point the way to the God of love. Love is so powerful, it can save the lost. Think about it. You have that powerful love living on the inside of you. In him, we live and we move and we have our being. So see how powerful walking in love is and why he would say, but the greatest of these is love, or why he would say, this is how you can show you're my child, is if you love others as I have loved you. Or if you've loved, you'll have fulfilled all the law, fulfilled all the commandments. He's putting a lot of weight on this one topic. So we should make a, 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 a meditation of our heart. Let him work in us. To be a child of God, one that shines the love of God, emanates love. I'm not talking about always, we always have a smile on my face, always, never, nothing, never goes wrong. Like, no, but our response is, Jesus got upset sometimes. <laughs> we saw that in the word, but it was all because of love for his father. He was upset because of, of them sinning in the Lord's house. To let every motivation be love. Let's pray.
Father, I just pray as I pray with my kids. Lord, let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts by your Holy Spirit this week. Teach us, Holy Spirit. You're our teacher. Teach us to love others as you have first loved us. Lord, infiltrate us to be children of love so that we can let our light shine so that people can know you are our Father in heaven. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. And let your love shine through us. Let it conquer all. Let it cover the multitude of sins. Lord, help us to pray for those who have, who have hurt us and persecuted us. Let us bless those who are our enemies. Show us, Holy Spirit, even tonight as we go to sleep, how we should act on this, this scripture tonight. Teach us, Holy Spirit, one step at a time, how to love as you first loved us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.